Shields up, Ironbreakers. We're kind of here coming at you with another episode of the Third Fleet Podcast. I actually don't remember which episode number this is, but that's good. It means we're getting high up in them numbers there. I think it might be 62, not 100% sure. And today we have a very special guest. We have Jono, the community manager for Monster Hunter. Jono, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. And Gaijin, how are you doing, dude? I am doing good. Sleep deprivated as always, but doing good. I mean, patch 6.1 came out for uh, Final Fantasy 14. Me and Gadget have been pretty much addicted to it. But today we're here to talk about yeah, we Monster Hunter. We got to knock it out before Sunbreak comes, man. Yeah, because Sunbreak's we got coming. priorities. Sunbreak's coming, and we're going to basically lose our entire life. So, so listen, mm-hmm. Jonah, you have, you have very big shoes to fill because the last time I invited a community manager to this show, he was telling me, listen... I can't, Capcom's like giving me a hard time, so he quit his job to come to our show. (laughs) That's some dedication, yeah. (laughs) I'm obviously talking about socks. Uh, He did not quit his job to come on the show, but it was pretty funny I had to make that joke. (laughs) Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's big shoes to fill. Yeah. Literally, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that too. He's a big guy. So, Jono, tell us about how you actually got started in Monster Hunter because you were playing the game before. Uh, I, I can tell because when you became community manager and, you know, we talked a little bit and stuff, I was like, okay, so you're not just someone they randomly picked up off of a job board somewhere or whatever. You're actually someone who plays the game. You're someone that understands the community to a certain extent. When did you start? So I'd say my history of Monster Hunter is around a decade. So for you was my first, like, game i really committed myself to i really got stuck into but i did dabble in three you beforehand third um, and third fleeter yeah and my the first weapon i ever picked up was the switch axe but i didn't stick with Ooh. it because i found it too slow um and i switched to sword and shield but yeah so you know i've i've done you know like yeah chris i've done the underwater stuff but i actually ironically i learned to play monster Hunter, and i actually really got into the franchise because of gaijin's videos so it's kind of this full circle like (laughs) i learned to play like i have my little 3ds i had no idea like i was like herbs potions what what's all this what it's not telling me anything i'd never played a game that didn't hold my hand like that and yeah and it was actually through (laughs) gaijin that i actually kind (laughs) of am here today which is this weird pathetic thing like so yeah that's my kind of when i first did my turn and since then i've I've just loved Monster Hunter, you know, like, you know, went through Generations, you've got Generations Ultimate, obviously then World and Iceborne and, and yeah. now Rise. And yeah, like, I've been a huge Capcom fan since the Sega Saturn days. And yeah, Monster Hunter has just gripped me since because I love the challenge. I love boss fights. So every hunt is a boss fight. And yeah, I've, I've stuck with it since then. I can't. Now I have to ask. So you started with Switch Axe. You said it was mm-hmm. a little slower for you. So you went to the search, yes. which is. Sword and Shield in 3U was a fantastic choice, uh, especially <laughs> with monsters like Brekadidios, like, uh, yeah. But did you ever go back to Switch Axe and fall back in love with it? It's gotten no. much faster over the years. I, I tell you what, I was really bad, as in I found what I liked and I stuck with it. And <laughs> it, in in World, I dabbled a bit in Lance and I tried the light bow gun and I even had tried Gun Lance for fun because I really liked like the normal Shellen and how it just like over the top on bombastic it was um but no sword and shield is always what i go back to um even in rise like i've been practicing with hammer and hunting horn 
and I'm making my first Switch Axe set, which I'm going to debut tomorrow on the no weekly way. community stream. Yeah, I've not actually... Pre- I, was watching, I was watching both of your Rise guides on it actually last night, comparing notes like, right, <laughs> this is the combo I want to use. These are the Switch <laughs> skills. So yeah, I've not actually... Because I want to kind of go in genuine and go, right, if I'm a player that's picking up Switch Axe, this is what it looks like. This is what yeah. my trials and tribulations are. And this is what I've learned from, you know, creators like yourself. So, yeah, after what, like nine or ten years, I'm going to pick it back up tomorrow. Um, well, or Thursday, depending on when this goes out. <laughs> it's, uh, well, I, it's I had a long history of Switch Axe myself. So it's, it's funny to hear you started with it and then you went away because it was the last weapon I touched because I was so traumatized really? by somebody who was flinching the hell out of me as we were playing. <laughs> and so I said, that I will never play that weapon. And then I finally got around to it, and I fell in love. The, Do you for, know what it is? That, oh, sorry, after you. The, for, for reference, the podcast is probably coming out tomorrow, so it'll probably go live around the time that you're going to be streaming. Yeah. So if you're watching this on YouTube, most likely you can catch Jono in the official Yeah, if he's live, pause this damn podcast and go watch him live. Yeah. And then you can listen to or, it later. Or have this audio and just watch me in silence. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. But, a nice uh, combo. I, I definitely feel like with uh, with the whole thing about uh, you got started with Gaijin videos, I feel like probably 70 to 80% of the Monster community got started with Gaijin videos to understand how to get into Monster Hunter, dude. Yeah, maybe not World and Iceborne because you kind of like took it easier during World and Iceborne, but like everything before World and Iceborne, I would guarantee that 70 to 80%, at least of the Western community, maybe not Japanese players because there's tons of other guides in Japan and stuff, but 70 to 80%, and and I'm just pulling numbers out of my ass, but 70 to 80%, I would wager that they got started through Monster Hunter through Gaijin videos as well, yeah. For sure, that's just that's yeah. just crazy. I mean, I'm literally yeah. just, I'm just the guy who loves Monster Hunter. Instead of making you know blog posts or long guides on Game Facts or whatever, decided that video would be the right form, and I guess right time, right time, right place, right format, and I was able to help out people just good because uh, yeah, I, cer- I certainly don't do hardcore content. Uh, I try to keep everything more towards beginner friendly stuff. Well, that's I, always the thing. Find I that remember fun. like your tone of voice and the way you showed everything it was very much like you you broke it down but you didn't make us feel stupid for not knowing it's like this is how this works this is what this does and when you add them all together this is the result and it you so kind of like you're kind of on this journey of discovery alongside you you know you're not being preached at like oh you have to do this it's like check this out i like this however you might like that and as well back then youtube was very much in its infancy around gaming i believe it's not like it is now this juggernaut with you know how it's kind of evolved and you know i just stumbled across you i think i was like you know monster hunter how to this and you know and then up up you came and <laughs> I, I what rukan said you know i think your impact on the western community and growing that fan base all those years ago when monster hunter was very much like a, a more niche title and didn't have this kind of global western kind of acknowledgement and and huge community behind it yeah it can't be understated like i wouldn't be here if i probably had because i would have been like i don't know how to play this like i'm not very good um you know and you know luckily i found your video (laughs) i remember yeah um massive imposter syndrome over here but i'm i'm just i'm thrilled I remember this Twitter post at one point where um, I'm not sure which game this was. I think it was for you, 
where Gaijin had just started playing for you and he finished in like two days or something, like the whole thing. And he just posted up, okay, I beat the final boss of Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. And I'm like, I was like opening the box that Nintendo Yeah, I remember, that was, three, that was three days. It took, it took a weekend. So, so I'm opening this, this box because Nintendo sent me like the, the actual cartridge because, you know, I, I love Monster Hunter as well. So I'm like, I'm opening the box and I'm reading Gaijin's tweet about how he already finished the game. And then there's a reply there. I think it was Yuri. Yuri was like, please don't spoil it for anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Was I was so lucky funny. though, like as the games at that point were releasing in Japan first. Yeah. I'm so happy where you know the Western community has stepped up to make it so successful that we're out of those dark ages. But uh, it did give me a golden opportunity of having the advantage of playing the living heck out of the game before it came <laughs> to the West. So I was able to share a lot of stuff, and I wasn't in the middle of my fervent journey through the game myself because I'm finding that very hard with rise uh and probably with sunbreak as well is that i'm such a i love the game i mean i only make videos because i love it so much so it's like now that my daughter loves it as well and she's playing it it's like how does one <clears throat> create content as you're trying to yeah, you know, consume hard. it at the same time it's really hard and if it's not your job then you know you kind of want to ear on the side of i'm just gonna have some fun <laughs> and that's usually the, the best result but uh I'm hoping I can step up and do some more uh, stuff. But I think I'm going to do what I did like in Rise, where I didn't do a tutorial on every weapon. I just chose like half of them. Like the ones that I felt really passionate about that I could contribute. So probably for, no gun lance guides coming. That's okay. You got you got me for that. But um, Exactly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the same thing that I did for Rise as well, which is every weapon except ranged weapons. I don't like ranged weapons. It's not my thing at all. <laughs> Every weapon except ranged weapons. That's me. I'll play you know anything you, you, unless it's ranged. You make me now want to make a ranged weapon guide for there you go. Sunbreak when it comes out. Because it is. It People look at it and they go, I can't approach that. There's too much micromanagement. There's too much ammo. I don't get it. It's like, it's really not that complicated. Like, every gun it's has not. like three things. Three things. That's it. And it's like, it's really good. The, I, so maybe, I think the, the thing that. is, I feel like when I'm when I'm making those guides personally, I feel like I need to be... At least for, I, I'll put like three or four days straight into a weapon, just playing that weapon to the point where mm -hmm. it's like, I'm an authority at this point in time. I'm kind of an authority on this weapon. Maybe I don't have the best combos of all combos, but I know everything this weapon can do. And I have a general idea of how you can play it. Whereas with ranged weapons, I just get bored of them almost instantly. Like I play ranged weapons, for instance, Colf to Roth with the light bowgun so that I can almost AFK farm it like, uh. <laughs> Yeah, so if if you're not a diehard fan of Rampage, then it just shows that you didn't play Lightbow Gun. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> going out to the range, you know, it's like da -da 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 -da. <laughs> so so Jono, you've been trying. Obviously, you've been playing a lot of um, Sword and Shield in this one. You're going to be trying mm -hmm. out Switch Axe tomorrow or today when this goes up. But uh, <laughs> what what weapon has surprised you the most during Rise? For me, I mean, for ones that I've active, actively been using, the hammer, I underestimated how mobile it was. Because when I think hammer, I think greatsword level of, you know, weight. And you hear charge attacks and you're like, okay, this is going to be slow. But how mobile the hammer is and water strike, they gave a hammer a parry. I love how many weapons have counters and parries in Rise. I love it. It's my favorite thing. Like, obviously, Metsu Shurengeki on sword and shield, water strike on hammer. You know, I love it. And I saw like when I played Lance in World and Iceborne, 
I love that kind of thing. You're in front of the monster. You're like, come on, then. You're not having to roll everywhere. And it's that real kind of like slugging match. And I love it. But on weapons I haven't tried, it is going to be the Switch Axe. And the reason I'm going for Switch Axe now, after so long, is I've seen the combo where you go flying up in the air and then you do like a real anime style dive down. Downward, yeah. And I want, I want some of that. That looks so cool. Um, and yeah, basically the weapons... They've they've got such a, a refreshing kind of take on them in Rise, like how they mm. perform, and I, I've actually for the first time trying new weapons and adding them to my kind of permanent usage arsenal. Like the hammer, I now really like, and I want to play the hammer in Sunbreak as well, rather than just kind of going, oh, I'll just try this for a hunt. This looks fun. So yeah, I'm loving the versatility. So are we gonna re we, we you agree we need to rename the sword and shield to the shield and sword. Oh yeah, it's all about it's all about the bonk with the uh, sword it's and so shield. It's so good, now. right? Now. Like, yeah, oh, I love it. And like, bonk. yeah, like obviously because using your shield doesn't impart elemental or status damage, but it doesn't lower sharpness. So there's that whole kind of like strategy behind it. It's no longer like the secondary. It's fifty-fifty with that weapon now, and I love that. How do you feel about elemental damage? So I know there's a lot of discussion about obviously the yeah, meta and the viability of elemental damage. Personally. I love elemental and I love status, and that's one reason I play sword and shield. Um, obviously, I like I would love to see you know element kind of up on the platform, kind of like if you specialize and take the time to create your armor set and your build around element, there's this big reward for it. And um, but I also know it's a very fine line because you don't want to then negate things like raw damage and things like that. But yeah, I, the more love element gets for me, the happier I personally get because you know I do see when I invest the zenny and the resources and the farming into an elemental armor set, I like to see results come out. I do use mm. elemental weapons, um, but yeah, I know that within the speedrunners and uh, the hardcore community, there is a bit of well, should I? Shouldn't I? <laughs> And it also depends wildly on, on the weapon itself. Like, luckily, Switch Axe is actually one of the few weapons where it's been very positive in that regard because it's one of the slower weapons that can actually use element because of, like, the different elemental files and whatnot. It's actually very viable playstyle. One would argue that even better than Raw in a lot of situations because I, I believe that the buildup of gauge on Raw is, like, a complete pain building up the actual like the not the 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 middle gauge but the other one outside the amped state mm -hmm. like building that on raw is way harder at least that's my understanding than any of the yeah, other dra files dragon types. and poison are the best by far they're really fast you'll get amped like super fast and yeah. then you got you know, like paralysis and stuff like that then you have elemental even elemental is not as nearly as good as the other ones um and then Power is a little bit behind that, but power does get that attack boost, which is nice. So I'm expecting to see, you know, more and more, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, <laughs> some new skills that might, like Generations Ultimate has some really good ones that will allow you to, to pump up your gauges a lot. So I've got hopes that maybe they'll speed that up a little bit. So we shall see. <laughs> with the, the, in the same vein, like you know, like the charge blade as well, right? Like you've, it's always been a question: Do you want to use stun or do you want to use element and or whatever? And you know, it'd be cool to see them all sort of come up and be level, because mm -hmm. um, it used to be like go stun or go home. But I do think that the elemental has good potential there. With with bringing up the charge blade, I'm curious if if. Around the office, like if there was any discussion about the the whole community complaints about like 
friggin um people with, complain about about the s it's not sad it's ued in in rise the ultra elemental discharge because with um power files uh there was the problem where people couldn't line it up as well as they did back in in world and i think a lot of people were complaining about the verticality of the files as well so like uh i'd see that yeah yeah you, you guys I'm, I'm assuming you guys got a lot of feedback on that feedback on yeah. the internet <laughs> yeah i mean yeah feedback comes in many many forms should we say um, different expressions yeah, no, of love yeah exactly but the good thing is then you know i'm sure like when socks was on and you know through your in interactions with yuri and steffi like um we are continually kind of taking on this feedback in regards to the community team we're there and you know we're on reddit we're on twitter you know we're in the youtube comments we're on the steam forums and things like that and we're taking notes and obviously we do a lot of this incognito because we're there not to interfere but to to learn and you know the team um over in japan are fantastic at wanting to hear what do the community think you know what's the you know what's the sentiment on this what's the thoughts on that um, which has been really reassuring because obviously I came from the indie space into AAA and it's very much, oh, is there a difference in that? But no, like the the care and the the wanting to know, it's like, hey, we put this out, you know, what's the feedback? What do people think about it? And what was great is obviously in the March digital event, at the end, uh, Ryozo-san revealed that obviously there are weapon balance changes and things come in in Sunbreak. And obviously whilst we haven't revealed any details yet, you know, for me and as a community manager, I'm feeling really excited going forward um, because I know that the team have always had their finger on the pulse and they're always wanting to know, you know, what what you know, what is what are people talking about, what's liked, what's not. Um so yeah, I'm 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 keen. Obviously I can't comment on specific weapons yeah, and you know, things like that, but you know, I'm excited to see what what's coming and and you know what awaits us balance wise. Yeah, so just give the feedback to the Japanese team that the gun lance is People don't play because it it's too powerful. It needs to it's get it a little bit of a nerf, you know? <laughs> just a little bit. And it would be better if we just limit it to, like, shelling level three, maybe. I don't think we need to do that much. <laughs> hey, just make so, it... so long as at least all of the final forms get shelling level three, I'll take it. <laughs> Let's just give it to all the forms. <laughs> and or, or maybe we can put in a request for a meme weapon just to trigger... Uh, that's not a right good word to use. Um, to upset Rory, uh, we'll have a gun lance that looks like a longsword, but it'll be a gun lance. <laughs> Wide swipes only. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? If I could do that aerial uh, thing, that'd be all right. Just like do that in the ground, the, the aerial AOE thing. Which you have to like <laughs> charge shells and whatnot in order to do. It's kind of weird because who the hell doesn't do, um, what's it called? Boot. I can't believe I blast dash. I almost like forgot about that sleep deprivation kicking in. <clears throat> you blast dashed at all yet, Jono? No, I haven't. I haven't touched the gun lance in Rise. Oh uh, my god. I I mean see, it's great because all I see on Reddit and Twitter when there's a gun lance, yeah. it's it's, it's okay. Bad. It's ninety nine percent, ninety nine point nine percent of the community is the same. So. No, but <laughs> it, I'm just it ragging was, that. Yeah. It, it was funny because like the the first time that I used that ability, there was like a, a video that I uploaded on a secondary channel, and it's just me, just like jumping around. Look at this! I can do it three times. Just like jumping everywhere. It's the hilarious. fun lens. It is indeed the fun lens. Like it is really fun. I so like I'm 
I'm curious about one thing. So if you've you've kind of started hardcore back in like for you, you've also played mm-hmm. three ultimate. Obviously, those games have a much slower pace than what we've been moving to. Now with World and Iceborne, that they quickened up the pace. They made everything more fluid. Unlike the, um, I'm gonna put air quotes in clunky combat because a lot of people refer to the old combat as clunky. I think it's like deliberate. just different. It's deliberate. Yeah, I think yeah. deliberate's the. The deliberate is the proper word, but a lot of people are just like, no, it's clunky. It's like, whatever. But <laughs> it, you can call it clunky, but then you look at people like Kanta basically exploiting the crap out of a monster, not even letting it move with this mm-hmm. clunky combat. And somehow you're like, maybe I just don't know how to use a problem. But, but anyways, it's like, my, my question is like about the pacing. Like, where do you land on the pacing? Do you prefer the, like, I, I think Rise is the fastest the series has ever been. It's like super fast, make it go mega fast. Or do you prefer the more deliberate play styles of like, even let's just take it back to like World and Iceborne is still plenty deliberate versus Rise. Like which one do you see yourself playing more? So some context on this one. I'm a huge Devil May Cry fan. I love Devil May Cry. And I love that kind of pace of combat and things like that. So... I'm, I really enjoy Rise's combat, like, but I, what, I, what I think when we look at it is kind of like each Monster Hunter is offering a different experience within that shared universe and the shared gameplay. So you know what you're going to get when you go into Monster Hunter, but you're going to get something different. And that's Every how the time. team evolves the game. And, you know, like, I think it's good that we see these changes. Like, I, I really like the faster paced combat in Rise. I really love, you know, using my skills and managing my cooldowns on my wire bugs and things like that, because... I think as a Capcom fan and as a as a, a gamer, I love those kind of that kind of combat, fast paced counters, dodging, getting in there, getting out of there. But then, you know, if I go back and play for you and stuff, I love it where I have to be really calculated and I have to commit to what I'm doing mm. and I get punished if I'm wrong in wrong in that kind of commitment. And I think in the kind of the, the slower games, you know, you can then draw comparisons to like early Souls games as well, you know. You, if you're using a two-hander and you go in, you've got to make sure you've, you respect and you understand the timings. Like, if you go up against a monster and you're learning it and you're just swinging, you're going to get punished. But once you learn the monster, you you know when to do it. And I think with those, the earlier titles, there's that real sense of reward and you're like, yes, I've mastered this monster because if I didn't, I would have got hit a lot here because I can't just roll out. I, I'm drinking a potion and flexing. I can't, you know, <laughs> I can't get out of that. Yeah, I, I, my theory is that Monster Hunter took off more in the West from, I would say, <clears throat> I mean, 3 you did decent for sure and showed the that the core formula was golden, but I think 4U really took off because it was the addition of verticality. It felt more action-oriented than it ever had, and I think that's when it really started making a transition more towards the action side than the hunting side. Um, and I think that's a good thing because, I mean, I mean, look at, like, you were just talking about bow guns and stuff earlier. Like, in the older games, you had no terrain, you know, verticality. So you shoot. If you're in front of the monster, you're hitting it. Like, it, there there wasn't that much to think about. So, you know, the, the challenge was more in the timing and everything and the positionings because it was really tight. But now there's so much fun stuff that you can do with the environments that if you were to keep that same amount of focus on your attacks and the, the tight timings, I think it could risk going into like stressful territory so uh i think it's a good trade-off overall but i like what you said though like you know every monster Hunter game offering something new and different because that's the only way you evolve the formula of a franchise and no this is not a swipe at 
any other major <laughs> franchises that have similar releases every year. <coughs> oh, come on. Um, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> I jest, I jest. Um, but no, it's, it's because it's nice because you don't get anywhere without trying something new <clears throat> and knowing that you have the freedom within the mainline games to say, this particular series, we're going to try something completely new. And we're going to try a new fresh. Maybe we'll keep doing it. Maybe we'll try other stuff. But you're never going to find out, you know, what's fun unless you just try it. So the experimental nature of the team is amazing. Like, especially for AAA, like most studios would be like, no, if it's sold really well, you should be adhering to this formula until it no longer works. You know, so that shows a good focus on the dev side more than the the marketing side, so to say. Um, yeah. But then again, like, I think Capcom has good marketing as well, so. I think that also shows like why me as an individual is stuck with Sword and Shield because each time I pick up the next Monster Hunter game and I go, this is the best the Sword and Shield has ever been. I don't <laughs> know how time. they're going to make this weapon better. And then they, and I'm like, this is the best version of the Sword and Shield. Like how you can take something and they do it with 14 different weapons. And like when I tell my friends about Monster Hunter who don't play it yet and stuff like that, I'm like, every weapon is like playing a whole new game. You can spend, you know, 50 hours playing one weapon. And you're like, yeah. oh yeah, I've I've done this game. Then you pick up another one, and you're like, and then you want to play through it again because it's just a whole different experience. And that's what I done like with when I started playing on the PC version of Rise. I picked up Hunting Horn because I was like, this is unlike anything I've used. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just that how you you keep building on top of what you already know works and trying new things. And yeah, that's what I really really like. And Rise in particular, I think, gives you real hero moments. You know, you pull off that counter, you pull off that big silk bind attack that, you know, knocks down the monster and, and saves someone from a, like a car and things like that. You get those, especially in the West, you know, we, we love that kind of adrenaline pumping moments. So when you're like, look what I did, I did that, or we accomplished this. And, you know, Play it's very of the hunt. Yeah. You know, exactly. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> Put on the, uh, what is it? The, that's the, that's that the, that's the over, Overwatch style thing. Play of the match. Yeah. <laughs> Then they have like some dramatic. And then you just find out that your Palico's taking the moment, the MVP every time. It's like, it's just going to be a collection of your cat killing the monster before you. My, my Palicos were friggin' beast, dude. Friggin' insane. Um, so the, I was wondering like, in terms of considering that, you know, you, you have the pulse on the community and all of that. So with the feedback that you've received, did you feel like most people prefer the more traditional console experience of like Iceborne or most people liked Rise or did you get an, an idea of that? Because like there was definitely a I divide think, I felt like in, in the community when, when that went down. I, I think looking at it, I mean, obviously the first thing is for us is we obviously rises out on Nintendo Switch and PC. So that community, there is cross-pollination, obviously. Yeah. For example, like many of people own multiple platforms, but the kind of traditional Xbox and PlayStation communities are separate in many yeah. cases from the from the Nintendo Switch and PC. Um, but yeah, I've, I've not seen, you know, you see people lament going, oh, I'd love to play this on my home console kind of thing yeah. and, and things like that. Uh, but what was interesting for me is actually kind of seeing how chill the Nintendo Switch and PC communities were by and large with each other because they're kind of like polar opposites in in, in one regard. Um, going from like, you know, your handheld portable mm. console to kind of like your power tower in your in your house and stuff like that. 
I've I've noticed that on on the streams that you've been doing, you're playing the Switch version. Mm -hmm. So you didn't feel like grinding everything all over again on PC, I take it. So I played PC, I think, on stream for nearly a month, maybe around a month straight after oh, okay. PC launch. And, you know, and, you know, luckily the, the PC community were like dragging me up on my HR rank with my little hunting horn. <laughs> I, the thing is, I couldn't get like, I couldn't get the magna plates or the magna gems to drop. I was like, come on, come on. So my poor hunting horn until I got the Teostra one was kind of a bit under leveled. Um, but yeah, and then I kind of, I've switched back to, to Switch. Um, kind of like to prepare for for Sunbreak, really, because I think mm. I'm going to enter Sunbreak on my Switch, you know. Yep. Um, so I got to stock up on Zenny on materials, you know. Who knows There's... what I'm going to need it for? <laughs> I just know I need a lot. <laughs> I I feel like the with the amount of people that got into the game with World and Iceborne, which was like I still think it's like the most successful Capcom game ever, as far as I'm aware. Um, World, right? With with the amount of people that join in from that, and um, th a lot of them don't understand that this was primarily like a handheld game, and that a lot of the success that the game had was due to the PSP days, when you know people would just like get together with the PSP. Even in the West, like obviously in Japan, way more so because in Japan they've always done gaming on commutes and stuff like that. It's always been a thing, even though COVID kind of put a bit of a damper on that. But like. Um, and, and they don't understand that the series has always been somewhat of a handheld to a certain extent. And the, um, the, the Rise version is definitely, you can tell that it was designed for Switch. Yes, it runs on PC and it, you can play it fine on PC and all that. But it's just, there's fine. something about. <laughs> it plays really well. It, no, yeah, what, what, yeah, exactly. Especially with the release of Elden Ring saying that something plays fine on PC. It's like, <laughs> you know, no, Rise runs friggin' fantastic on PC for sure. But it's like there is something about playing it on on Switch that I find more appealing as well, which is why I was because I also played it like um, on the release date. Like I did tons and tons of streams on PC, went all the way to the end, did the hardest things and all that. Then I was like, you know what? I feel like going back to the Switch, playing on Switch again. I even I even dude, I bought the OLED. Because now you've got now you got the OLED. So Ooh, I, bought, I bought the OLED. So it looks so good on That's the OLED nice. screen. It's friggin' good. Yeah, I need to get one of those. I was on the fence when they came out, but now I'm like, especially like if I'm heading into the office and stuff now, obviously, uh, I'm like, oh, I should really kind of, you know, upgrade for these commutes. <laughs> the, the biggest thing I feel like with, with the OLED version is the battery. The battery lifetime Ooh. is much better than like the default one. So like they came out with the, the version two of Switch, whatever, which is like a slightly, it doesn't have any better stats or anything, but it has slightly better battery life. And that one was decent. The OLED is even better with that stuff than the, the second version of it. So that's one of the things that I really, really like personally. But yeah, it's, it's really good. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to treat myself soon, aren't I? <laughs> the thing Especially is, some break coming, you know. The thing <laughs> is, I I don't know if Nintendo's planning on that Switch Pro that you know comes around every other week, where someone's like, no, 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 guys, this 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 time it's for. <laughs> there's been Switch Pro rumors since like 2017 when the Switch launched. People are like every week, somebody's like, no, nah, guys, Switch Pro, it's coming. It's thousand percent it's coming. Today's the day. Yeah. <laughs> Today's the it's day coming. it's coming out. But uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I've got a weird, completely unrelated question. It just popped in my head. I thought I would just traditionally, as I break the the flow of conversation, always. That's the way to do it. <laughs> Who would you consider like 
I, as I'm, I'm assuming you are aware, a lot of people, especially in Japan, call someone like Yankuku their sensei, and it, it's a, it's a kind of like their endearing, their endearing term for the teacher. That it was like their, it's not a wall, but it's like the first, you know, like, okay, this is a real fight, mm-hmm. you know, and like, you know, it's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta learn the basics of this game now. Like the first large monster that really got you feeling like, okay, now. I think I've been taught the, how to handle monsters. Who would you consider your sensei? My one, and I think it's yes. an interesting one, would be Tetsukabra. Mm. Because, and the reason for that is obviously when you go into high rank, um, it's the first kind of monster that you really kind of farm. Well, for me, I farmed that for my high rank set because. I think I got it from your video. Um, it was like, you know, this is, you know, farm this set. It's a good all-rounder and, and all of that. And by fighting Tetsukabra so much and really learning its moveset, in the end, I was dancing around it. Mm. I was farming it, you know, consistently. And it really kind of informed me about how I should approach fighting monsters. And I saw my own, you know, development going from, you know, X amount of time hunts to like half of that and things like that. Um, and then from that set as well, it then allowed me to progress through the early stages of, of the high ranks and things like that. So not only did it teach me, it then carried me forward, you know, by wearing its skin. But, you know, um, <laughs> like, yeah, so for me, Tetsukabra. Um, yeah, I like Tetsukabra because it te- I find that it teaches people how to deal with anticipation really well because he's he's modeled off of a sumo wrestler of all mm-hmm. things. And so he does the big sumo snap where he got he puts the leg up in the air and you see it coming, and but he holds it and you're like it reminds me <laughs> of Elden Ring actually in a way because Elden Ring does the same trolley thing where they'll hold it. So if you see it and you try to react like split second, you'll get hit. So it's like no no no, you got to wait and then you got to look for the the downward move and then you move and it's it teaches you how to deal with anticipation by not panicking and sort of just like trying to be more observant. It's like all you had to do is back up, you would be cool. But nope, you're like, oh, what am yeah. I gonna do? Gonna roll now. <laughs> but the, I do that in Rise so much though. I like, <laughs> I get told off on stream because I'll I'll panic wirefall, um, and then get comboed. Like I'll do it against All Mother Nawa, and I know you're very good against All Mother Nawa. But like yeah. you know, she'll hit me, and then I'll be like, right, but a wirefall, and then she'll like flick me with her <laughs> yeah, tail yeah. and stuff like that. And same with like you know, Apex Emergency, like Azuros. Like it's another one where I'll panic rather than just laying down for a bit and, you know, taking in yeah. taking stock of what's happened. I'm like, oh, better go, and then I'm straight back to camp. <laughs> it's good old good old panic waterfalls. It's like I said, if there yep. was one thing I could change about Rise, because pe- people have asked me this, if there was one thing you could change about Rise, what would it be? And I'd be like, I get rid of waterfall, not silk bind skills, not wire bugs, just waterfall and nothing else. Like, no. Nah. You know Ooh, what? I, I, that? After we. After we hit, I'll go into why, and then I'll tell you, I've had an actual thought about how to balance it in a way that I think you would like it. So the the reasoning as as to why is mostly because, like I said, I feel like I like the faster pace. It's, it's fun every now and then, but ultimately I'm the kind of player that would prefer the more deliberate play style of the, not necessarily the earliest Monster Hunters, but like someone, something more in line with Monster Hunter World that pacing feels a little bit better to me of a little bit more deliberate and not as like zoom here zoom there go 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 so it's like if you just remove wirefall in a way you know capcom also would have to adjust the monster so that they're not just like zooming on to you all the time (laughs) and it would just be a more deliberate thing you could even have the monsters do a little bit more damage if needed 
to compensate for that or something, but to have more deliberate combat because I'm getting old, right? I'm 39. I'm going to be 40 this year. <laughs> it's like, I'm too old for these zoom games. Zoom, 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 super fast. It's just like, nah, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> See, I, I like, I find it funny. I think Ibushi is a great example of kind of like why bug usage and how you deliberately choose to use them. So, you know, if yeah. you, if you use them on some big attacks and then you get hit in the air by one of his tornadoes and you see him winding up that, that follow-up for about five seconds and you know you know what's coming and you can't get out of it <laughs> and you kind of think like i i wish i had have been a bit more resourceful with my wire bug usage um but yeah so actually it's funny you say because you use the word deliberate obviously in the in the earlier titles it used to be deliberate combat use you know you know yeah. i'm going to attack now but now it's deliberate use of spending resource um with your wire bugs and it's kind of interesting how it's kind of evolved or or kind of transferred away from your combat actions directly to to kind of like these kind of like combat support supporting actions i guess mm. but, but you then want... i'm a big fan of wire bugs so <laughs> <laughs> i mean wire bugs are great like for, specifically for silk mine skills the the amount of flashy stuff that you can do i think i think that's fun because i mean i play i play friggin gunlands i'm all about the flashiness and doing crazy oh, yeah. things and i i for for a long while my play style was like one of the least viable things you could imagine because i was just like i don't care about the metas whatever so i'd be my play style was blast dashing into the monster and then while i'm and next to the monster, I would air shell him, which is terrible. It's a terrible thing. But you would air shell until you run out of shells. And then as you're coming down, you press hail cutter. So your dude reloads the the, the gun lance midair, slams down, and then you full burst at the end. And that's great. But imagine the animation commitment of doing that stuff and how many times that would fail. But it's hilarious when it works and you like dunk on a monster. Like for mm -hmm. instance, one of the first dunks I did with that was Rock Nakadaki. She'd be on the ceiling of like the lava caverns and I'd blast dash up there, shell, 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 slam and bring her down. And that's just like amazing. It's like, I don't care if it's meta, look at what I just did. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that like you can't get over the flashiness of a gun lance player. Like when you see yeah. them in the hunt, sometimes you just want to kind of sit back and be just take it in <laughs> the spectacle. Or like you're running at a monster and then all of a sudden this rocket comes right <laughs> by you and it's a person. <laughs> I am the Volstrax. <laughs> exactly. But Gaijin, you so wanted very, to do here, a, a here's an idea I was thinking wire, about. Wirefall? Yeah, I was thinking I mean I love Wirefall, but and I but I think to I think one solve that might make it feel better for for you or for people who think that it it it's a get out of jail free card which it certainly isn't. I don't necessarily agree with that view, but it would make sense to me that you would take maybe 20% extra damage if you got hit during a wirefall because you have the momentum and you're getting sent back with more momentum. You know, it's like the inertia of the hit. <laughs> like if you imagine if you're doing a wirefall away from Arzuros and he smacks you, you would probably take more damage, right? Because you're you've, you you're going you're moving with it, and you're getting slammed in the ground harder. What if they made it so that wirefall did it just a little bit more damage if you got hit during it? So it's more of a high risk, high reward type of thing. Yes, you can get out of the way or get back in there, but if you get hit, you know you're going to take a little bit extra damage than you normally do. So there are other Japanese or, games where they do stuff like I'm not sure if they did that in Monster or not. I don't remember, but a mechanic where like if you get hit during a dodge. Like that's more punishing than just getting hit normally, and <laughs> I, 
I can see that being an interesting mechanic. Yeah, making Wirefall more punishing. It doesn't really do much to change the pace, but, you know. But in the flip side, I would like to see follow-up attacks. Like, after you do a Wirefall, like, three seconds, two seconds maybe, like, the, like uh, an attack from Wirefall does more damage. Like, apply the inertia both ways. So if you take the risk to jump right back in there, you get a small little, like, maybe that first attack, it's a little ching, like a critical hit, like a guarantee or a higher critical rate. Uh, or if you get hit during it, you, you take a little bit more damage. I know Ooh. I'd end up in camp a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I think it's great. I love how it is. And I think most of the concerns are going to be solved once we get master rank because those they're going to hit so much harder and they're going to move so much more aggressively that I don't... I think Wirefall is going to be a... It's going to be like the auto guard. Like when you take that off in Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate... It's like, I don't know how to guard anything. It's isn't, like, wait, now it's time to learn how to move. <laughs> isn't auto guard in 4U? Am I getting that wrong? No, no, no. It was no, in no, 3U as well? It was only in 3U. I no, thought no. it was only in 3U. No, no. It was definitely in 4U because Tetsukabra set had it. And I had it. And Tetsu No. Yes. Yes. In 4U. Tetsukabra set had auto guard. Pretty sure. I mean, it, look, it's been years. I, just, I don't know. Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> but I'm, pr I'm pretty sure that 4U had auto guard. I think you're mistaking it a little bit there, but I don't okay, know. Okay, well. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, have you seen the clips that uh, have been being uploaded to Twitter? Like the, of like the, I feel so bad. I've been so obsessed with eating up Final Fantasy before Sunbreak comes because I'm <laughs> I want to dedicate my time to Sunbreak that I haven't bathed in it so I, I definitely want to talk uh, in this in this uh, podcast about some of the more recent stuff that's being shown and just what we're excited for and stuff like that but the, what's his I don't even remember his name but the Malzino no it has no, to be no, the, the, Mr. Gorilla Garangolm, yeah, dude, he's Garangol. like one—he's like my favorite one of the ones that's been revealed so far. Dude Garangol's is amazing. like a bloodborne boss with his huge body swinging and sl slamming. Like, Waterfall is going to be deadly on that guy. Like, that's going to be hard to navigate, and I can't wait. His rocket jump as well, like yeah, like he start, you know, he comes across like quite cumbersome, but then all of a sudden, like he's ah. rocket jumping and things like that, and then throwing rocks. Like, and I love the dual element, like. When I think about, you know, build crafting and stuff, I'm like, okay, so this mm. is a master rank monster that's going to hit with kind of two kind of opposite elements, which could be tricky to build sets around. Yeah, um, yeah I I was really hype uh, when I saw Garen Golem. I was like, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so how about um, how about that Elgato outpost? Like, how, how are you feeling about essentially um, Yamogi creating mcdongo's franchise where she's just like uh. <laughs> she's just like spreading her dongos over i i was really expecting elgato to have like their own cantina because like i feel like our hunters are all going to be suffering from diabetes when we get when we get there because like they've been all of this time they've just been eating dongo non-stop in kimura then we get to elgato in comes more dongo i really expected another cafeteria like almost like the 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 old cat um the old cat man in in iceborne where she actually oh here's your little stew thing and it's very different <laughs> from the rest of the meat and here's like nah here's some more sugar 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 carbs man 
Yeah, I think I think it's an interesting one. I think from a gameplay gameplay perspective, I think the familiarity is nice because there's a lot to learn in Master Rank, and then yeah. to then have to kind of re get your head around that. But also on on a more lore basis, I'm really pleased to see Yamogi's you know entrepreneurship kind of going yeah. and to see her business succeed across the waves. Um, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> she's she's an entrepreneur. <laughs> Dangos. <laughs> like oh, okay. I but at least now we know that Hinoa might show up because the, she she wouldn't go if there was no dangos there. She'd have to have like a box with her. So <laughs> if she can have fresh dango, we can get her to come over as well. That'd be nice. Um, yeah. I, I I don't know if Hinoa's <laughs> wow. gonna go there or not, dude. I already, you already know Denied. that I'm all about the blacksmith lady. I forget I forget her name off the top of my yes, head. Yes, I can see how position. how how into you you are. You don't even know her name. Uh, the blacksmith lady. She's the, the blacksmith she's, lady. Like she hit you in, Jonah, she'd hit you in the head with a hammer name, for that. Jonah? You know what? It's it skipped my mind as well. <laughs> See, what's what's your name, Gaijin? Go no, go on, go on. Tell me. Huh? What's, look at him googling, and I can I can uh, people people no, can't it, see it. People can't see it because they can't see it. No, but no, I can no, see no, it. No. I see it in your face. No. You open Google, no. dude. No, it's Miss Forge. What are you talking about? What? No, it's not. I know. I'm joking. <laughs> Miss <laughs> Forge. It's that little Miss Forge, but it's Miss Forge. Yeah, Miss Forge. Ms. Hey, would you? How is the Miss Forging? Are you misfortunate today? <laughs> never mind. That's just bad. Okay, never mind. Um, that worked better in my head when I when I just popped in there, and then it came out, and it's like, no, that doesn't work. So with the with the apexes that we've gotten, like the super apexes, um, I've seen a lot mm -hmm. of people talk about particularly the rewards because like for me I've, mm. I've had discussions about this in my streams as well about how it's like i'll be throwing you know throwing my head against one of these harder bosses and i'm like and people are like why are you doing it it's not even worth it. and i'm like what do you mean that the boss itself is kind of like yeah. the reason i'm doing it because that's fun like is that something that the team has maybe talked about i mean if you again if you can even say anything mm. about that stuff or not they i mean that kind of, of that feedback, feedback that kind of feedback is always collated by us on the community team. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a very interesting one because I think it's very much the kind of dichotomy of, you know, what do you as an individual see as a suitable reward for a quest? And, you know, everyone loves more gear. You know, I yeah. love more gear. You love getting more gear. But also, you know, sometimes, like, the challenge is enough. Like, you know, I I love the challenge. You know, when I beat these hard monsters, that enough is, is huge for me. And, you know, then I get, like, some gold eggs and the... Uh, you know the rampage tickets and things like that but like i remember when i beat uh apex emergency mizutsune um uh, in multiplayer and that, that was, was something especially one. because well that's my weakest that's my weakest by far like i'm terrible against mizutsune probably because i don't hunt her a lot because like i just him. don't use mizutsune's gear so i you know him, i, I him, him. It's a he. It's <laughs> oh he's sorry yes. sorry <laughs> Which My led to some very Mitsune. some very saucy fan art once we had the Zenogre and uh, <laughs> Mitsune. Once that came out, we were like, "Oh yeah, now that we're now we're gonna draw a lot of stuff." So. <laughs> oh no, some really fun art. But yeah, yeah, Mitsune was was yeah, just the combination of like the backflip and the beam attacks mm. and things like that. But yeah, no, it's very much a valid thing. People like people like to you know have a way I think to show off their success. And you know, obviously, in you know, uh, World and Iceborne you got these layered armors um, 
that you could then go look i've beaten this monster because i'm you know i'm wearing this um but yeah it'd be interesting i'm sure there's going to be some ways to show off prestige as we move into master rank um but i think yeah i think the apex emergency quest will kind of done as like a look, okay you've, you've gone through you've got you've you've unlocked all this cool stuff go challenge yourself and a lot of the layered armor was actually put behind more approachable quests and yeah. hunts you know that the more of the player base could feasibly unlock and enjoy um so yeah i think that's kind of like how i see it anyway but yeah when it comes to kind of feedback of oh people want more you know more reward for their challenge yeah that is something we do take note of um it, you know when we do our reports it kind of makes me wonder and you weren't you know you weren't there at, at the time that this came around but it kind of makes me wonder if this has anything to do with the fact that you know how the uh set came from extreme auth and extreme auth was no joke mm. like it was <laughs> It was, I think it was one of the hardest things at the time that it came out. Now it's obviously easier because you have Iceborne gear and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. But when it came out, because that was essentially something designed for an MMO, and I actually went into it with MMO tactics in mind to the point where I'd be like, okay, guys, listen, if you get targeted by this, then move it over to the corner of the map so that mm -hmm. we don't have a million tornadoes in the middle. I had to ask one of my friends to actually swap weapons because he was playing Aerial Glaive. And I'm like, you can't play Aerial Glaive because you can't <laughs> see when you have this and you're going to kill us all with tornadoes. <laughs> and it's like, there's all of these things going into it. And I can imagine that probably a lot of people didn't get their uh, Drachen layered armor because in order to get the layered armor, you had to actually beat Extreme Auth. So I guess that might have been something that the team took into account and be like, okay, let's make layered armors a little bit more approachable for people that want to get that and then just have like, I don't know, titles or a sticker or something for people that want to go the extra mile for the, the additional challenge. Yeah, and so it's always about striking a balance there because, you know, you want to be able to suitably reward your your hardcore players. And then as well, you know, without kind of like icing out the, the wider player base too. Um, but and I think, you know, it, as has been the case with previous Monster Hunter titles, you know, Master Rank is a whole new ballgame. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when you see people wearing the high-end, you know, late Master Rank gear or G-Rank gear, you know, you know they don't play around. And I think that will be like a big a big kind of like you know kind of boon and you know what's like on that note so like seeing some of like the, the kind of early master rank gear kind of being drip fed through our assets on social has been really fun like i, I love one of my things i love the most is seeing how high rank gear evolves into master rank gear and kind of seeing how it develops i don't know why i think it's because i'm a big kind of like fashion hunter yeah <laughs> I mean, that that's the real end game. Let's get real. I mean, fashion hunting, crafting okay. layered armors. I actually think that the system that you guys did for Rise was perfect because with, you know, with World, there was always this weird thing of like, okay, so now I get the armor, but then eventually an event comes out later that lets me use it as layered. Whereas in Rise, it's like, nope, armor's unlocked and now you can craft the layered version as well. Boom, go. Because, I mean, I, I guess the PC version of the game might have also influenced that because they might, you guys probably noticed, like, hey, people are just modding this stuff in. <laughs> so, Jono, I'm, I'm really curious, now that we know also, like, your your favorite weapons that you've used, what are your favorite monsters? I mean, I know it changes probably, like, most of us every other day, every other minute. <laughs> yeah. But, like, if you could think up of, like, I don't know, anywhere, like, three to five that you really yeah, like, they may oh, not yeah. be oh, your, your favorites. What would they be and why? So my number one, like undisputed, is Brachydeus. Oh. I love Brachy. 
I love oh. I love its look. I love its fight. I love its music. I love blast weapon like blast weapons were and or slime back then were were the first weapons I really really liked. I loved the explosion and how the status worked and things like that. So Bracky is like. Yeah, like What's your favorite one. version of him? Like all the different iterations and variations. Like what what game and what version of the monster? So do you enjoy the most? my all time favorite variation is probably um, Raging Brachydeus. Like like just the the way the fight ends. Okay, well, the well, last the last it's so, very, it's such a spectacle. Very yeah. important thing: Monster Hunter World Iceborne Raging Brachydeus or other or Raging. <laughs> Yeah, our Iceborn. Iceborn. Okay, because yeah. like if you were gonna go the other one, I was like, I don't trust you. <laughs> you were like, <laughs> you know, raging like the way the way the music amps up and how they built upon the original the uh, soundtrack yeah. for Bracky, and then just you know you're locked in with each other and you're going all out. Um, and I think the gear looks could be a yeah, Bracky just just and the, there's no other monster that fights like it with the slime coming kind of coming mm. down and it's big but it moves really quickly and kind of like likes to kind of shoulder charge you and things and yeah i just love bracky and like when it's eaten at, at it's kind of like its arms and stuff like that yeah bracky yeah it's just it's such a cool monster when like there's nothing else like it out there you know this is so quint like quintessentially monster hunter and i, I love yeah. it and then I'm um, kind of following on. I think the rest are kind of then in a shared pool of monsters that I have a soft spot for. So Zamtrios uh, is, is up there as well. I love Get sharks, along. always have since I was a kid. I also think ice elements are really cool. And, you know, the fact that sharks got ice armor and then it can blow yeah. itself up. And <laughs> I used to fight a lot of uh, Zamtrios and also the, the sand version as well. Uh, but yeah, Zamtrios, just, I, th I just love it. I love sharks. I love that there's a shark monster and it comes up on the land. Um, and fights, which is why I, I love Luna Garon for that reason, because I see a lot of, you know, positive comparison between the ice armor and the shape mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, also, I really like Celtas Queen. Celtas Queen is another favorite of mine. Reason being, um, <laughs> the first large monster you fight is a Celtas, in, I think, in, in the. Yeah. So, and then you're like, oh, wow, this is fun. And then it turns out it's literally just like uh, fodder, a, can a, fodder, a, cons literally. a consumable for Celtas Queen. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, <laughs> and like, yeah, I just think she's such a great hunt. Like, you know, uh, once again, you know, it's, there's nothing really else like Celtas Queen. Yeah. Um, um, also, Nasilla. Now, I'm scared of spiders in real life. I'm borderline arachnophobic. Like, I, I can't, I can't deal with spiders, but. I'm fine with them in video games. I have I have to and, say and something right there. So for all of you people out there, they're going like, "Oh no, I like Rachnikadaki is way better than Nursilla." No, you see, it's wrong. Jono just said it's wrong. Forget about uh, it. You're wrong. <laughs> I like Rachner as well. Don't get me wrong. Like, no, 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 like no, no. Don't don't bow down now, Jono. Let him know. <laughs> Nursilla is the one, dude. Come on, she web slings. Cool. Yeah, like of, of, of all times under. to use that gift, we need the why not both gift right now. Uh, sure, sure, I guess, yeah. But yeah, like yeah, and like the fact that you know Nasilla can run under the vines and you know try and get you from underneath and and stuff like that. Mm. Um, I thought once again it's a it was a very you know unique style hunt. Um, who was obviously you know Tetsukabra, a very soft spot because that's the monster that really got me into like you know high rank and and things like that. So really really big fan of Tetsu. 
Um, God, I don't want to forget anyone. Otherwise, I'll be really guilty when I see them next. Nasrallah, no. not no. kind of like. No, nobody likes. I'm not the only person who loves that monster. Nobody likes Nasrallah. <laughs> no. I'm actually. I not, do. I might know. Actually, I'll, I'll tell you what. I've seen a lot of requests for Nasrallah in my comment section. A lot of people love really? Nasrallah. Love yeah. that monster. I'm, I'm meme, I was memeing just now, but no, there's actually a lot of really dedicated Nasrallah fans out there for sure. They want. They even want not just Nasrallah, but they're like they just want more snakes. More snake-like yeah. monsters. Yeah. Snakes are good. Snakes are great. Yeah. Yeah. Need I little mean, baby, the baby delimiters running around. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Oh my That'd goodness. Why does um, it have to and- be snakes? I hate snakes, and you get like fifty <laughs> delimiter babies. <laughs> the the That's ever awful. fight. Um, and obviously for me as well, I'm a big fan of Gormagala. I love the aesthetic, like. You know, as the hair can probably tell, like in my younger days, I was very much, you know, into the rock scene and stuff like that. And, you know, kind of goth scene and, and bits. And I love the aesthetic that kind of gore kind of carries. Mm. I, I love the I love the frenzy mechanic, which yeah. later on I kind of experienced again in Bloodborne, where like, you know, you need to stay on the aggressive. If you want to overcome this adversity, you've got to be aggressive. You have to, you know, get back into the fight. So I love I love gore like uh, it's. I think it's a fantastic monster. And when it transforms, it gets like the purple kind of tendrils coming out. Like, yeah. And, and the, the armor. Goes all purple yeah, and... exactly. You kind of become this like dark knight when you've got the armor on and like the purple sword and shield. Yeah. Like loved that. Loved that. Um, but yeah, like, it's just great. And I think when I look at my favorites, they're not all a particular type of monster. They're all no. so varied. And like, mm. um, I really like Almadron as well in Rise because it's this kind of you know the big kind of classic kind of dragon shape but then it's using mud yeah like the way it uses the mud pillars and and things like that because i love like when i play games when i'm playing like pvp i like to be a zoner i like to zone people and control them and play my game and kind of play into my hand and i think that Uh. almadron is the monster version of that it's like no no no, you're stuck in here. No, you're stuck in here with me. Like so you know, if you, if you uh, play Magic the Gathering, you'd be a blue deck user. Yeah, is it blue? Is deck? that a control deck? Is it? Yeah, it's a control. Yeah. It's literally blue control deck. Yeah, but mm. um, <laughs> the the thing about Almudron, my biggest complaint is that listen, I would love to see Almudron just kind of become a bit of a different fight when you chop the tail. Like I would love it uh, if you would actually chop a chunk because like dude's got massive tail and you let you chop off a little pubic hair like that's it that's your tail chop (laughs) okay that's a colorful way of putting the cheese wow i got us that one just kind of came out i didn't really think that one you carved high grade pubic hair (laughs) (laughs) what can i craft with that I mean, it's it's one of his little yellow tendrils things that that you chop off. I just wish that wow. when when it comes to Almudron, that you could actually chop like because there's just something viscerally satisfying about chopping off a bit of the monster, right? You get a tail chop, mm-hmm. like that's a big deal. I I know that for Celtus Queen, pro- baby, probably Cut for veterans, deal. veterans that that you know that have played the game for ages, they're like, yeah, chopping a tail, it's whatever. But you need to understand, for someone that starts fresh, chopping a tail is just like such a dominating move. It's like, yeah. I cut that bit oh, off yeah. him, right? So it's like, I wanted that visceral satisfaction from Almudron where it's like, look at how big his tail is. And you'd actually just like chop like a friggin', like you'd cut up a steak that could feed the whole village. That's what I would want. <laughs> and then they could kind of like change the fight. Like maybe you would like, I don't know, squirt bleed on you or something from the from his, from his chopped tail. I don't know, some other kind of like weird mechanic. I think that would be interesting. Actually change the fight. 
if he did have a big tail, I'd still forget to carve it. I'm terrible at that. <laughs> you know, the monster changes zones and there's a tail sat there and I just, it's gone. Like, yeah. uh, They're like, did you get the tail? Oh, shoot. And he's like, oh. going back to camp. <laughs> da, 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 da. Like, no. <laughs> so um, I'm, is, cu- <laughs> I'm curious about sorry, one thing. Which is um, so when when it came time to to Iceborne, uh, I'm I'm not sure if you were following the scene as, as closely back then, but like when Eltreon came out, and when Vitalis came out, uh, the game actually got review bombed on Steam. Mm. Like people actually review bombed because like this is too hard. Like the, it's a sign of success, Rory. The, the, to get review bombed. <laughs> yeah, sure. But but it's like, how did you feel about those fights? Like the first time that you fought, say for instance, uh, Alatreon, did you like it? Did you think it was like, okay, this is weird. It's making me not use my raw set, and I'm having. I mean, you like Element. We've established this. Yeah. But like, did you feel that maybe it was too hard? Did you feel it was uh, just right? How did you feel about it? So this is a very interesting question, actually, um, because I think difficulty is very much subjective. They're dependent on who who's being asked that question yeah um they they are hard hunts alatreon is a hard hunt uh there's no denying it but me as an individual i love a challenge so i like that but kind of taking a step back at it i think especially with the meta being raw based in in kind of world and iceborne it was a shock to the system for a lot of people and i think sometimes it can be tricky as an individual to go hmm why isn't this working is it something i could be doing different here and if i mean this it's this weird combination where you have this really challenging monster that is unlike anything else you've played in iceborne um that you have to use elements for and then if you're not successful in those windows it will change element and then it gets a lot harder and then obviously the fail state is very clear because it, you know you you get the the big aoe nova kind of attack and and you're back to camp um so, yeah, but then I think as well, it was what the the penultimate monster added to Iceborne. Bef- so it was uh, Alatreon and then, no, oh, then we got Frostfang Barioth, then we got Fatalis. Fatalis, and then there was still um, Arch-Tempered well, Volcana. I, yeah. Oh, Arch-Tempered Volcana. So it was, you know, it was one of the last it was one monsters of the, last of ones, the yes. Master Rank expansion. So, you know, it... it it, I think there should be a challenge present, but yeah, it's very much anyone you ask will give you a different answer. And I want to like kind yeah. of, I, I can't speak as like, you know, kind of going like, oh, this is, but for me, I enjoyed the challenge. It was a hard hunt. It was incredibly hard, but it felt incredibly rewarding to beat. And then I realized once I'd beaten it, that the reason I was being set up like that is because having Alatreon's gear and Alatreon's weapons was just setting me up for Fatalis. So yeah. if I could beat Alatreon and multiple times and make a set, I'll have a better chance against the big, big bad that was that was on the horizon. Little did we know at the time. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, I can see why for many it would be jarring. Because, you know, some people are like, well, I want to play this way. Yeah. I want to do it my way. I want to use my raw longsword or, or whatever like that. But I do think variety is good as well because you know, if you do decide to kind of face that challenge head on, you become a better player in that particular game. You can then share that knowledge with others as well. But yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It's the whole debate of, you know, I paid for this game, therefore I should be able to just do what I want to complete it versus, you know, I'm entering a game. I need to play the game kind of to succeed in with the game. Kind of like Jumanji, you know, you can't, <laughs> you gotta got to go with the flow a bit. Um, but yeah, it's it's very much an interesting one, and I think there's so many. Like, what do you guys think actually as well? Do you agree, or do you have a different stance on it? 
Um, personally, I just, I just really like the fact that, you know, they actually made you use elemental, but it still mm-hmm. made me a little bit sad that it's like, it came out of nowhere. Right. Whereas like, it would have been cool if you would have trained people to be more mindful that elemental damage can and should be like a viable way to play besides just like, say, I think in, uh, Iceborne, it would have been like dual blades, bows and insect lave, maybe in some situations, not even always, <clears throat> There's like three weapons that can, and I guess maybe some of the bow guns. Again, bow guns is not my thing, so. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the, that would have been cool if more weapons could have been trained to use it. Because uh, the thing was, even players that were not like amazing players that I knew that they were, you know, they yeah. were average players. Uh, I know that they were able to solo it using like the fish sword. Like I had a friend of mine that just soloed it with that big fish sword with a ton of like ice damage. Bayotus weapons were great for that fight. No, 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 not Bayotus. Like the the joke weapon that's like a swordfish. The the big tuna. The tuna spearfish. The frozen spear tuna. Yeah, that's that's the name of it. Uh, So, so I think I think it was very much doable. It was just a matter of people like you know reorganizing their thought process, and I also feel like. Um, the the attack felt too punishing for people. The one shot from um, what was it called Eschaton Judgment? I think that people felt felt that very harshly because up until that point, yeah, there's monsters that'll hit you hard, but they won't just like flat out kill you because a lot of people yeah. were like I can handle the monster no problem so long as the Eschaton Judgment mechanic's not there. And I would tell people, well, if that's the case, you can just cart and then go back in and kill it. Go back in, yeah. Because like if you've mastered the fight. Eschaton Judgment's not going to stop you because there's two carts that you can do, even three or four, depending on other conditions that you can like add yeah. into the hunt. So you can kind of revive. fix that. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So you, you can fix that problem and then you can still go in and kill it. The thing is you haven't mastered the whole fight and on top of it, mm. you have Eschaton Judgment that you're dealing with. So personally, I loved it. I'll, t- I, I'll tell you right now, I did it with Slap Lance, like slapstick oh. gunless. <laughs> <laughs> I, I spent 13 hours to get a kill that I was happy with and that kill was like I don't know sub 15 or whatever something like that and I was like yes sub 15 minutes but it was like 13 hours of me just like playing against it non-stop boom yeah. boom until I got it down but I, I like doing that stuff and I understand that not everybody likes it but I think it's one of those things where for instance when Fatalis came out I made a video where I said I don't know if I'm going to be able to kill this but that's mm-hmm. okay like I think that's fine it's aspirational content that you can kind of like look forward to. Hey, maybe I'll try it again today. Maybe I'll see if I can do it or not. And I was ready for eventually not being able to kill it solo. And I was like, hey, that's fine. If yeah. I can't kill it solo, I'll get some more people and I'll figure it out later. Yeah, like I, I didn't do Fatalis solo. I always did it in at least a pair or in a four. But then I enjoy, I love Monster Hunter. I can play it. I play for it solo, but the multiplayer is what really, yeah. I, it just takes, takes it to another level for me. I love that the com- the camaraderie i love seeing all the things mm. that happen uh, yeah so fatalis was never really in my head and same with um uh, alatreon never a solo thing because i just pre- always looked to play with my friends or i would always you know do an sos flare and things like that and yeah fatalis yeah, it was great and something interesting you mentioned that obviously we've seen in elden ring as well recently where the core story the bosses or certain monsters aren't as extreme so anyone that picks up the game can probably get through enjoy the story taking all of that 
And then the aspirational content or optional content is where the dial really gets cranked up. Yeah. And I, I thought that was actually a really great compromise. And kind of now you said that, I've actually thought back to Iceborne and went, yeah, these are really cool monsters and the gear is awesome, but you won't lose out on the kind of core story experience. And it's, it, you know, they've all come out after launch and things like that. Because um, I do think the challenge should be there if you want it. And in a way that doesn't stop you from kind of, you know, fulfilling <laughs> the, <laughs> the game itself. But the the, fun, the funny thing about the Fatalis thing was my first kill of Fatalis was like the most mm. contrived, over-the-top, hilarious thing. <laughs> so I go, I have like four different sets that I go in and planning on dying in order to proc, uh, what's the name of it, Fortify. I had all yeah. this thing. Plan- so I go in and it's like the first thing I do is I go in with a set that's got like heavy artillery cannon blast yep. boom 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 boom. i do that, the same and in that set i also have a great sword so the second that thing ends i jump on him with the great sword and i literally don't even heal myself it's like i'll hit you until i die then i die <laughs> i go back did you ever see the the clutch cannon build no so the clutch cannon build was a build that you would do with a heavy bow gun and again i don't play these weapons but the idea is you pump a bunch of damage into it you put health regen on the gun and then you jump and you just clutch on a monster's face and fire and just do that repeatedly. You can, <laughs> All in. You could, you could destroy Velcana because Velcana doesn't have a lot of punish moves for clutching to her head. So you could literally mm. just like destroy Velcana and she would do almost nothing if you would use this. So I did this. And again, the strategy was I'm not going to heal myself. I'm going to do this until I die. Just to deal as much damage as possible and then die. And then after that, then I would go in with the sword and shield to finish it off. And it was exhilarating because... I killed him, and then I think I had like, I don't know, 20 seconds or something left before the, the quest was over. And in the last moment, I'm just like mashing a, a, the circle and go like, just die, just die, just anything, yeah. just die. And, and the way that the hunt is designed, I love it because, you know, you, you get to like the last stage, you survive, you know, the first couple of infernos. And if you're breaking the head, it's getting a little bit easier. But Fatalis gets even more dangerous the closer it is to death it feels even yeah. when you're breaking mm. the head with the moves that come out and then you pop the dragonator proof of a hero plays but then also it's almost like fatalis has its own proof of a hero playing in its head where it's like it's nearly done let's do this and you know even up to the last hit because against other monsters you know when you start to get the upper hand you start to kind of feel more comfortable you're like yeah you know kashala or teostra or Lunastra, you know you're, you're you have absolutely beaten them and then fatalis is like oh <laughs> i don't think so we're both going to the finish line and yet, when it, whether it's time or carts, and you know, and it's doing the spinning flame attack, yeah, like the adrenaline doesn't stop till you're done. And I love those kind of hunts. And like, I think I've seen that with the the advanced version of like All Mother in Rise as well, where like you 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 don't have that upper hand until there is a monster on the ground and quest complete is up on the screen. Like there, I love those kind of hunts where it just doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. <laughs> So with um, I love the I love the Alitarian hunt. I mean, I can nitpick on three things I don't like about it, but overall, it's like the best hunt I think in the entire franchise for me. I just love it. I mean, wow. I love so many of the hunts, but that it's it's that it it clicks so many boxes that it's like one of those like you know it may not have the best this or the best that, but it has the best of enough categories that to me it's just like wow. But even then, I, I there's like three things I I don't like about it that I think could have been improved. Um, if I can nitpick it for a second, I would say like one would be the game doesn't really find a way to communicate to the player how much elemental damage they're doing. So I think having 
um, it doesn't have to be necessarily be a gauge. Um, it could be more something more visual, like maybe there's two two cracks that happen in the legs or or in its chest or somewhere. So you could see, okay, I'm halfway there. Like you can visually see how far away was I from getting it to actually do an elemental flinch? Because then you would get a better idea of, okay, I got first, you know, crack at uh, two minutes in, I'm halfway there, five minutes it does a change, okay, I can make it. Or then you realize I'm undergeared or I'm not attacking enough. But people just don't have any idea how much elemental damage they're doing. So there's no way to communicate that to the player. So I think having something like that would have been better. And I think once you broke both horns, I don't think it should have been like, okay, now you have to kill it before the next phase or you're dead. I think at that point you should get a reward. I think if you manage to break both horns, I think you've earned the fight to fight it out to the death. Like the two of you can slug it out. Like they shouldn't have had it where it's like, oh, oh no, it's horns. It's allowing this to change element. And it does it again. I'm like, but it has no horns. I broke them both, but it still does it, right? It just seems like an oversight uh, to me. Um, and also it just... I've wrestled with the idea, the fact that the Eschaton judgment will wipe, it makes it harder to do online because you miss it once and it's over, right? So I almost wish there was like a way to balance it so that you could have five carts for that hunt. So it could say that if you guys were so good that you didn't have any deaths, then yeah, you could be 20 minutes into the hunt and screw up that last phase because the adrenaline was getting you. Mm -hmm. You'd have one cart left, you know, it is generally you're, you're going to cart. But it's just like when you go for 20 minutes and then you just miss one Eschaton and it, it's a wipe. It's like, oh, that's frustrating, you know? So And it's and people are like, well, just go with two people. You have more opportunity to fail it or play it alone. I'm like, well, the game shouldn't be encouraging you to play it with less people, you know? But that's what it does. But yeah. it's still, a, it's a, instead of being 150 out of 100, it's 140 out of 100. That's how much I love that fight. <laughs> It's, the music I mean, is just oh. yeah. I was about to say the music, like the da 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 da. It's kind of like a mix between like a, a heartbeat and a timer, and you know that you're against the clock as well. And it all really yeah. plays into you going, "I've got to keep going. I've got to keep going." And in a way, because obviously you mentioned like, is there a visual tell? And maybe there isn't because with the music playing as well, it kind of amps you up. You're like, I need to keep going. Yeah. Like, this is this is a lot. And then obviously the victory, the victory theme is iconic. I love the yeah. when you, you know when you do beat it, and it plays the classic tune. Like yeah, but the music like the da 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 da. You're really yeah. I find like the way the audio is woven into these games is it's it's like the most aggressive, amazing music video you've ever played. Yes, you're right in that mosh pit. Like it reminds me of like when I was a kid. Like you know, like I went to like WWF or whatever. Like there was a a show and you got like the guys coming out with the theme song and they're setting the, they got their own special <laughs> colored that, lights that, and everything and, his, and, it's and his name no, is no, John no. Cena I'm not <laughs> I'm, <laughs> no I'm talking about no no, no. I'm, sorry. I'm talking about more fun sensational things like Undertaker or Papa Shango or like old school like you know uh, John Cena's not good know, enough for you it's too new I'm not that young I never watched him <laughs> Back in my day, the wrestlers that just had the spats on or whatever they're called, the the underwear, they were the generic fodder that the more colorful, dramatic characters would smash. Like you know, you 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 don't know who John Cena is. I get it. 
I know who John Cena is. I've never seen him wrestle. Just, that was way after said, I became an adult. You just adult. described the, the, the wrestlers in Speedos. Yes. and that, Well, I know <laughs> what they look John like. Cena. And I'm like, huh? That's not John Cena is what I'm saying. Doesn't matter. Isn't he like The Rock? He's just, he's, he's a personality. He's just a guy. And yeah, but he, but he doesn't Speedos? run around in Speedos. No. I'm not, listen, I'm, not, I'm not the biggest fan of John Cena to begin with. I was just I just thought it was funny. The way that you <laughs> so anyway. an, an, another thing, another thing about those um, those fights would be like you talked earlier about like, oh, when you beat them, you get this amazing gear to prepare you for the stuff that comes after. Right. One of the things that I, I've personally come to clash with the community as well. And I'm just curious about your opinion. I, I don't want to, like, sure. get too deep into this one is the. <laughs> Oh the fatal the fatalis gear like i've clashed with yes. a lot of people about this and people are probably going to give me crap guys i just want to talk about it okay i'm not not trying to advocate either give way give him crap it's good for the algorithm <laughs> or do that sure but um it's like the the thing about it was like yeah you beat fatalis you get like this amazing set of gear and in my opinion i thought that set was too powerful because it basically makes everything else in the game obsolete in essence, everything else is obsolete after you have. I mean, there's maybe like one or two very specific niche builds that you can do outside of that, like uh, some Frostcraft build that you want to do, then use Velcana. But for yeah. most things, the Fatalis set pretty much just like, okay, everything else is just trash now. Here's the Fatalis set, does everything. Like, how do you feel about that? Where do you land on so that? So the way I saw it, and obviously, you know, as a player back then, I saw it as the cherry on the cake. You know, Monster Hunter World and Iceborne was this massive, delicious cake that you'd been enjoying for years. And then Fatalis was the cherry on the cake. And they were like, thank you so much for enjoying this cake for so long. Treat the yourself. To the car. If you, yeah, if you can, <laughs> if you can defeat this monster enough times to make the set, you can clearly do anything else in this game. So just take this and have fun. That's how I saw it. It's like, this is a thank you. You know, you are, you've, you have completed this game. Now just enjoy yourself. And I immediately slapped on that set and I filled it full of decorations and I have a great <laughs> time with it. So yeah, I was actually a big fan because at that point, if you can beat Fatalis repeatedly, you you don't need his armor set. You don't need no. it. But so you can, they know you that can, they're you giving it. You can get his armor set without beating him, you know? Yeah, just keep keep using the uh the pilfer. Steel? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh hello, Pelico. But you still have to break his stuff though. Yeah. So like if you've if you've made that set, you know, or, or however you choose to make it then yeah it's so i saw it purely as 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 a thank you and i just go have fun basically just go have fun enjoy yourself go make some crazy yeah. sets try out new stuff yeah so i really liked it because i said like if you're a player that can make that set the chances are you don't need it so yeah it's yeah i i really liked it because then i just uh -huh. gemmed it up and i just used to go and have a hoot afterwards and just having chill chill hunts whenever i wanted you know go into the guided lands go fight some gold gold and silver raft and things like that and just yeah just have some fun i i need i need to stop bringing this topic up yep it's like i'm I mean, clearly yeah, in, I, in the massive minority and it's yeah. like everybody else is like shut up rui okay i get it i, get I it. mean but, i'll know. pile on here i'll i'll say that i you'll pile I on it, thanks <laughs> no i just i, no, I want to say that <laughs> <laughs> I keep going. No, I mean, both have incredibly valid points, and I would agree that in any normal circumstance, that armor set is ridiculously too powerful. Um, but I do also agree with the sentiment that it came out over a year after the game released, if I have my dates correct. I just looked it up just to make sure. 
It came out just a little over a year after the game was out. So it really was like, if it was anywhere sooner than that, like half a year afterwards, I would be, I'd be like, oh, God, no. Because that's just too soon. But I think after one year, most of the play cycle had been gone through. They made it hard enough to even get to Fatalis that, you know, like, if you even got to him, then, like, you actually had to use every other set in order to, to get that far. And they made him so difficult compared to the rest that I would agree that once you take him down, everything minus arc-tempered Valkana is a pushover. Like, at that point, you've you've graduated, you've beaten the game, give you the keys to the car, something to pay back people who put in a lot of hours and had the charms, because I don't like the system, but that's how it was designed, was it rewarded you, you with the more decos? charms the more you played. Or decos, yeah, sorry. Sorry, I, I still do that. I still mix the terms. But yeah, the decos. <laughs> um, and, you know, and stuff like that. So I think it's... Overpowered, wait, too overpowered? Absolutely, but given the circumstances, I think it was a fine way to go out. So, I think you're both right. See, I'm the good parent here. <laughs> Everyone's a winner. Rory, you have a very good point. Why, thank you. Know, <laughs> I agree with you, too. Yay. <laughs> you both get a Golden Star sticker. Let's go have ice cream. So, okay. Out of all of the the stuff that's been obviously publicly announced for um, Sunbreak, what do you mm-hmm. think is the thing that has you the most excited for oh, jumping this... jumping into Master Rank? This is a good one because obviously you know the monsters are kind of the easy answer because yeah. I love I love the new monsters obviously especially because there's that kind of the kind of Western kind of inspiration yeah. on on the th- on the three lords and things like that and but honestly i love i love the fact that you know there's been new new silk bind attacks and switch skills kind of starting to kind of appear i love that anything that further augments my abilities as a player and the freedom i have in my builds um mm. i'm really really excited about um especially how i can apply them in a more challenging setting because at the minute, you know, most players are feeling like, hey, you know, I can, I, I rise, I've, I can beat rise, but I think Master Rank is gonna, gonna shake things up a bit. So anything that helps us. <laughs> so you think it's so it's gonna Rory, be significantly you... more challenging than what we've seen in Rise? Because that's definitely something that I hear a lot of people say. It's like, ah, oh, Rise is easy, whatever. I feel like a lot of the people that say that Rise is easy, they haven't really fought some of the Apex emergencies. Like, go fight Apex <laughs> emergencies and Ogre solo, and then tell me how. <laughs> <laughs> and then tell me how easy that is. I mean, for me, I did it fine, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that a lot of people are like, oh, no, a game's like super easy. It's like, mm, I, I don't know about that. If you go to Apex Emergency, it's a little bit of a different ball game. But like, yeah. do you think that Master Rank is going to elevate things significantly in terms of that? I mean, I think I think looking at does, his, yeah. historically, yeah, like I don't, I don't think see us diverging away from that not diverge sorry going away from going away from that kind of theme of of you know the challenge kind of ramping up but also on the flip side you know we as hunters and players get new tools as well to assist us in that and i love what those tools are kind of shaping out to be um as well like like seeing the marionette spider is a good example like how kind of a lot of people compared it to like the clutch claw how you know there's there's this thing but you can only use it once in a hunt and you can miss with it as well and if you miss with it it's gone you know, you know. So I like how there's kind of these little bits coming in to kind of kit us out and, and prepare us because you know, as as a community, what we we've seen is you know we've seen little little videos of and little tiny bits of hunts, but you know, I, I we've not yet seen kind of the full extent of what we're going to be up against, and uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm really excited about. 
So I have to ask, Rory, you, you said your favorite character that you're you're behind so far is the blacksmith yes. girl. Um, yes. Jonah, who is, of, of the announced characters that are out there, which one uh, grabs your your interest the most and why? I like Dame Fury. I think she's really cool and she uses the best weapons. So like, you know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I love the fact that there's a sword and shield character kind of front and center. Uh, I really like the whole knight aesthetic anyway. Like I'm a big Dragon's Dogma fan as well. So I love all the kind of European knight kind of gear and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, Dame Fiore, I think Chiche is interesting because she isn't your usual kind of quest giver. Uh, in this case, a quest damsel. Um, and obviously she's got like uh, this kind of uh, kind of secret backstory about like, you know, who she is and, and why she's there. Um, which I'm really keen to kind of dig into more as it kind of puts the kind of, this kind of story focus into into the, the characters as well. Um, so yeah, Dave Fiore and uh, Chiche. Listen, here's what I need you to do, Jono. I need you to okay. very quietly go up to Ryozu because I know that he's in the UK. I mean, obviously. I mean, this, this is obvious. <laughs> and you're going to whisper in his ear, double A flare, but really buffed. <laughs> <laughs> really buffed. Have you ever seen Double A Flare? I, I don't think I have. No, so that's a, check. that's a, that's a, a Gunlance. Um, what are they called back in in Generations Ultimate Hunter Arts? They're called Hunter Arts. Yes. Right? Yeah. So it's a it's a Hunter Art for the Gunlance, where essentially what it does mm-hmm. is it aims the Gunlance upwards, almost like giving the monster a slap. But <laughs> as it as it hits the monster, full burst. And then it goes down, charges up a wyvern fire, and comes up again and fires the wyvern fire if you have the, the cooldown. And one up. more thing. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it can do it three times. Triple A flare. <laughs> I was going to say, well, is doesn't the A stand for anti-aircraft? Yeah, it's, it it stands for anti-air because it does additional stagger damage if the monster is flying. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, cool. yeah. You, you, well, could, you, really could dunk. you could dunk monsters with it. It's really fun. Well, like, what's it? We've revealed so far the dual blades. We've shown a yes. heavy bow gun and a lance, silk line attack, and some some keen-eyed folk have spotted like some sword and shield bits in some of the some of the mm. kind of non-focus clips that have been around. So yeah, I I'm I'm, I'm excited to see. Oh yes, there's some. It's, it's only for like half a second, but it's in there for the sword and shield. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm yeah I'm excited to see what else these weapons are gonna do. Um, Especially because they seem so broad anyway. Um, and <laughs> if there is some anti-air goodness in there. Yeah, I want, I want that double-A flare. What, out of, you play Generations Ultimate, I would imagine, right? Mm-hmm. So out of the things that we didn't get, which would be the one hunter art that you would want to get and for which weapon? I mean, I kind of feel like if you're a sword and shield man, you already have the best that you could possibly ever get with Metsu because it doesn't get any yeah. better than Metsu. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, like, counter, yeah, huge damage, you know, stun, it's great. I mean, like, oils have always been really popular. Like, I say really popular. I, oils were interesting because, I say, I say popular. For me, I really like them. I don't want to project that onto the sword and shield users. Everyone likes um, them. Yeah, o- oils, oils were interesting for me. Um, you know, and, and I think, obviously, then you obviously got, like, chaos oil and things like that eventually. Chaos oil is really they good. were in they were interesting i i thought they were quite cool um i used to abuse as well like the i can't remember the problem but the kind of just the spin attack for the iframes yeah, um i mean we have that basically that's windmill now but it used to be round yeah. force 
Yeah, that's the one. And so, yeah, like, and I think we don't need round force back, obviously, because we have, as guys have said, windmill. windmill in Rise and uh, Metsu for a more kind of focused counter. So, yeah, like, I and I think oils could be fun, like, especially if they're like, you know, for yeah, a particular boy. reason. <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite things about oils, and I think that this is tech that not uh, everybody knew, but like, if you would, were to put, I don't remember which oil it was, but there was an oil that you would put and then you would do chaos oil, and it would automatically sharpen your weapon. Uh, that's cool. I forget. I forget which oil it was, but there was like a, a mix-up that you could do, and then you would do chaos oil, and it would sharpen your weapons. There was something with the oils like that that you could mess around with. It was a lot of fun. But yeah, <laughs> chaos oil. How about you, guys? And, and by the way, if if you do get chaos oil, we need to also get like a super hard quest. <laughs> wasn't that wasn't for chaos oil? Wasn't that the one with uh, gold and, and silver? I think that was gold and silver that you had to, in the arena to get chaos. Oil. Yeah, I so think you, you had to get, do. Yeah, you can't get away from them. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm sure. So, if, so if you ha- if they, we get chaos oil, so we have to do that quest. <laughs> silver and gold in an arena. Good luck. <laughs> and it was solo. You couldn't even do it in multiplayer. It was solo only. Yeah, talk about prestige, huh? <laughs> Something <laughs> yes. to show off. If you had chaos <laughs> oil three, then people knew you were a badass. But how about you, Gaijin? Which one of the hunter arts is the one that you want? Mm, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm drawing blanks, but I mean, like, because most of the stuff I is already there that I loved. Um, but I would, if if anything came to mind, and I never thought that I wanted, and I was actually, it got me thinking about it the other week because people are like, we should have it. I'm like, why? Um, was my initial jerk reaction, but then I thought about it, and I came. I saw a different angle, which is the, um, what's the name? Uh, it's the Insect Glaive one that gives you all three extracts and Extract Hunter. Oh. It gives you all three extracts in one shot. And at first I'm thinking, yeah, but if you play Insect Glaive a lot, getting three colors is like going to a buffet and just going, okay, I think one of that, one of that, one of that. Like you just go and you just pick them right off one shot. Boom, 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 you're done. And then I was thinking, and you know, we also have the slower type bugs. Um, that have some really cool effects. But then I'm thinking, well, there's a lot of people who I've watched people play Insect Glaive. Not a lot of people are that awesome at uh, grabbing colors, especially depending on the monster. Some of them can be very challenging, right? So it could present a good opportunity to balance a new play style where you have a slower bug, but you're able to counterbalance maybe that speed by having an art that would allow you to get over that hump you'd be given up one of your skills but you know it's a good gain i think so i think extract hunter would be pretty sweet um, just because we have different speeds and different types that are so well defined right now in the game which i really like um there's some just playing around with all of them are really, just really fun so anything that levels the playing field and makes them all viable is a good thing but on that i'm drawing blanks I, there's I, there's also the bugs now that can have like two colors at once. Yeah. Those I feel like are really really good. I th- I think that was one very of the good. Ones but those those ones are slow. Yeah, they're slower, but they're really good, uh, especially if you can name them well. But uh, again, like for people who don't, for master rank monsters are going to be fast. They're going to be hard to hit, and getting up that close to some of them might prove challenging. I think you know the bugs will level up. I'm sure, so they'll get faster, but. Not nearly as fast as like a speed bug, right? So or a single color yeah. one. So I think for for people who have trouble with grabbing colors, you know, even myself maybe, uh, depending on the monster, 
It'd be good fun. I love insect lay. What can I say? <laughs> Returning... I think it's a really cool weapon. The, the insect live? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because if you can't backflip, then you're immediately off that tier. You're like, okay, you're the rest <laughs> of the weapons. If you do a backflip, now you're in the tier ranking. You're in the running. So, Returning Elder Dragons, if you could pick one, that would definitely be in Sunbreak. Which one would it be? Because me and Gaijin, it's the Ran Moran. We both just want the Ran really? Moran. Yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's a hard question. That is a hard question. Because uh, like the thing is, the first thing my my head for, and it's a weird one. It's not what I'd expect. But the first monster that jumped into my head was Lunastra, and I don't know why. Oh my! Oh god! god. <laughs> I, I know. I don't know why. I was, hoping, I I was hoping, hoping you'd say a Talka, but then you said Lunastra. Actually, like, you know what? Lunastra would be kind of fun because her whole thing is setting the floor on fire with a very unfair way. If we have now a way to mitigate that and smack her, the I'll floor is lava. It. We can play the floor as <laughs> yeah. lava. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I can jump on her and make her attack Teostras and stuff. Like, that could be cool. But, like, uh, like yeah, that was the weird thing. Like, I don't know why she jumped into my head. But, like, I'd Trauma. say something. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, why why would she come straight into my head? I don't know. Mm. Maybe because I really like her armor. <laughs> her <laughs> like armor is regal really blue. The color yeah. is cool, yeah. Um, uh, and also, yeah, I guess she's like a queen, isn't she? So I guess that's a nice kind of tie-in. <laughs> Interesting, Lunastra. Then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not ex not exactly what I expected. <laughs> yeah, but I know time is is getting tight because we. I mean, I could talk Lunastra with you guys all day, uh, but I wanted to ask you a question actually that we we talked a little bit with uh, Josh about actually I think as well, but I, it's been such a while that I think it's a fun and fascinating topic, especially depending on the region. Like, there's no such thing as it, which is. Just in general, like from from your own personal experience and your in your perspective on what it means to be a community manager, I think it's like in Japan we don't even have community managers. The the concept does not exist, and I think it's a darn shame. Um, and I don't quite understand why, but uh, we're we're blessed that in the the Western markets or most of them we have people like yourself uh, and. I know, like Among Us has uh, Victoria, and she's oh, yeah. you know she's fantastic. She's she's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm just kind of curious, you know, like for people who don't know what uh, what you do besides being our our front man and uh, streaming the game and giving us goods and speed, you know, running the hype train. <laughs> uh, like what 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 does that entail, and what what's your thoughts on that? So I think in a nutshell. Um, community management is traditionally seen as you are the bridge between the community and the developers and the two-way pro like processing of information, both from the community mm. to devs and vice versa. But in this day and age, you know, community management means different things to different companies in a lot of ways. But for what it means for us, you know, we are social media managers. So we, we plan social media, we plan the posts, we work on assets, we do campaign plans. Like, you know, we go right then, you know, if we go, there's going to be a trailer coming out on this date. How can we build excitement up to it? How can we continue to propagate that information after the trailer is launched? Do we cut it up into little clips and put it out? Mm. Um, and things like that, you know, like when, when there's a demo, 
Can we do a video to guide people into the demo to help new players? Do we focus on the core community or the wider community or both? So in this day and age, community managers wear many hats. So, you know, we've kind of gone beyond the early days where, you know, they were seen as like forum jockeys, basically. And, you know, yeah. you just be there like, oh, I need to ban someone and stuff too. <laughs> this really multifaceted thing where you're really part of the development process. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, and you know will players like this what should we look at moving forward but yeah so and also that as well like you know we we've spoken behind the scenes you know we work with content creators and influencers you know we we make sure that you know people have codes to play the the latest release or dlc and things like that and you know as well it, it can be really valuable to talk to creators and or you know watch watch what they're writing on social media about you know did they like this did they like that what what don't they like as well because you know it, within the the kind of community manager sphere influencers are incredibly influential surprisingly and you know and and your audiences as well tend to share your views so you know you, you can learn a lot from that so working with content creators um planning social media and it's quite ironic because back when i was at school and you know you, you have to learn you know you do english literature english language well over and over in my end of the sticks anyway and you're like oh i know how to read and write why am i doing this why don't you learn creative writing and stuff like that <laughs> but the importance of you know learning that is is key like you know when you write posts you're not writing posts just for yourself you're writing posts yeah. that are going to go global and you know call you to need action to be, yeah you know what's your call <laughs> to action is is your post meaningful would a monster hunter fan appreciate this or are you just broadcasting at them you know kind of going click here and buy this now it's more like well why should they buy it why should yeah. they be interested in this and kind of sharing that and i think what's great as well with community management is 99 percent of the time your community managers are fans of that game or series themselves and i think that's something amazing about where i'm at here at capcom where i can just nerd out every day and just talk about this game and <laughs> franchise I love and then put it on to paper. Like working with Yuri, like Yuri is incredibly amazing. He's so experienced and friendly. And yeah, just kind of sharing that. It's it's just great because you find yourself where you you do what you enjoy and your enjoyment then bears fruit for other people that enjoy what you do. Mm. Um so yeah, it's definitely evolved a lot. It changes a lot, obviously as well. We do streaming and stuff like that. So I think kind of being confident in yourself to kind of be on camera is a good thing. Yeah. It's also a challenge. Do you know what? It's really challenging because when you're talking, when you're internal, obviously you're planning ahead. You 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 know you're talking about oh this is happening on this date and da da da, and then you you're on camera. You can't <laughs> say the same. So a good example was the March digital event where internally we're like okay so we're planning for the march digital event but externally it's spring so i go from a meeting just before a stream to like okay so we're planning for march da, da, da. and then i go into a stream and be like right it's spring the spring spring event spring don't say march and stuff yeah. like that Put and it's, on the wall, right? <laughs> yeah it's definitely like you're there so like it's really exhausting you come off a stream like that and you've had mm. a great time but you're mentally so switched Stunt, on. Yeah. So you don't say something that could, you know, you don't reveal something. Um, yeah. yeah, it's fun. But yeah, I think community management, yeah, you are the bridge. You are the, you champion the community. Um, and on the flip side as well, you know, you champion the devs because community managers get a lot of spotlight because of the nature of our role. Um, 
but the developers care the developers are so amazing to work around and that's why i really like for example like the director suzuki posts that we do because the director's like i want to engage i want to tell stuff to the community so yeah like my philosophy around it is you know the developers are really important let's get them at the front as well um but yeah i know that's kind of a modeled answer but that's because like community management is just it yeah. just keeps getting kind it's of broader. crazy yeah because it's yeah. almost like you know traditionally you'd have marketing departments pr departments and it's like a little bit of all of that plus a lot so much more mm. like so you have to uh be pretty savvy i think to keep up with it so i mean yeah i think like, i think the monster community massively appreciates the work that capcom and you guys put into it because you guys, like you said, are visible, and it's just nice to. Hopefully, people aren't bombarding you with. Hey, you should do this. Are you even listening to me? Hello. Where's my double A flare, Jono? Where's my double A flare? That's right, double A. But yeah, I think you know it's it's great because I think as well, like uh, I am in a position of privilege. Like I look at young me would never believe that I would be sat where I am now. Me watching Gaijin Hunter videos eight nine years ago, kind of thing wouldn't believe that i'd be sat in a podcast chatting with you know two of the top most well-established monster hunter creators you know who are, i i personally respect the hell out of and taught me how to play you're the, like you know you're the special guest here today like Tristan. you know i'm the, the thing, one like, who's but i'm the one who's like, excited to talk to so, you oh yeah so oh thank you so like on the flip side of that i remember when i used to tweet or look at game accounts and they'd respond and i was like oh wow this is great so like it sounds cheesy and cliche but if someone dms me a question or something like that and i can respond i always do and i like it because i remember when i was in their shoes and how much it meant to me and how important word of mouth is as well like you know Mm. the amount of times like at the minute i'm like and i'm playing with my friends in the evening i'm like oh let's think of an fps game to play and one of my buddies would be like oh i checked this out it was really good and i think monster hunter was built on community and word of mouth and that togetherness and the fact that i'm in a position now where i can contribute to that even in my own little small way like because so much work is done by creators by the reddit community the steam community all the discord groups and things like that and just being able to kind of support that is is huge um and yeah, it's, it's humbling to be in this position. I know it sounds weird, but it is very humbling, especially following in the footsteps of, of Sox, who is a, a, a close friend and someone I have so much respect for. Like, yeah, it's yeah, still pinching myself a bit, but I hope, I hope I'm doing the community justice alongside Steffi and, and Yuri. So long as you don't think I'm from Brazil like Sox did, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> did, you, did, did, you, did you know that Sox thought I was from Brazil because I spoke Portuguese? I didn't. I was surprised. Yeah, well, that's the thing, because like when when I heard your Portuguese, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we love Brazil. Yeah, nothing wrong with but, Brazil. But um, yeah, yeah, because I, I thought you were in America because of your accent. And yeah, when, you sound so when, American. It's... Yeah, when when I was told, oh, you're in Portugal, I was like, oh, maybe he's an American in Portugal. <laughs> 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 so yeah, that was my take on it. I was like, oh, Yuri, Yuri was like, oh yeah, yeah, he's he's over in Portugal. Time zones are really good. And I was like, oh. I thought he was your end of the sticks. <laughs> <laughs> it was it, it was just really funny because like I I I get back to the socks and because this was when Monster in the World was announced and socks came out and he's like I'm the community manager and I think Gaijin might have retweeted because I think I was following Gaijin or something. I was like, 
Oh, he's mm-hmm. the community manager. I got to go talk with him. So I go, hey, uh, I'd like to meet you at Gamescom, whatever. In the, and then start talking about codes and whatnot. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to pass you off to Yuri. And I was like, why? He's like, well, why? because <laughs> because you're in South. He's He handles South America. South and I was America. like, really? Really sucks. <laughs> 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 it was it was it was funny. It's it's just really really good times. But so, um, so I'm gonna ask a question that you might not be able to answer, and uh-oh. if so, just say just uh-oh. say pass. If you can. <laughs> like no no no. I'm I'm. This is this is something that I'm personally curious about. That I sure. I don't know if you can even comment on it. If not, just say pass, and that's fine. But you guys did a survey after I believe it was either the release or the demo or something mm-hmm. for Rise. Mm-hmm. And there was a demo with just questions, some free fields where people can answer stuff. And we tried to help blast that as well because I think, you know, not a lot of companies do it because it's really hard to aggregate that data. Um, yeah. And so it's always nice to see when a company puts up a, uh, a survey for those things because it actually does. I mean, it, it's not like the all-powerful insight, but it does give you some uh, idea of what might actually be a trend and what might not be something that you need to look into so yeah did you guys get the amount like the the numerical amount of responses that you had hoped for or do you think it you know if you guys were to do it again in the future that it would be nicer to get more participants um like was was the show out good enough i'm trying to put the heat on the community here and, and see did we show <laughs> did we show up or did we do we we did but we we could we could show up harder next time i think the easiest way to answer would be the data was valuable um, I think we hit that critical mass of the amount of people. And once again, kind of, I know it circles back round, but it's because the community shared it. It was important to the community and the community rallied around and went, we need to answer this because this is our opportunity to to get across what we want, pen on paper. Not just kind of when a community manager goes, don't worry, I'm taking note of this. It will get fed yeah. back. It's, this is concrete, you know? So yeah, it was a, it was successful. And, you know, well, we, we, we did get what we would class as valuable information. Um, and that's yeah, that's thanks to the community, not just fobbing it off going, oh, why would I do that? You like, know, why, who's yeah. going to retweet a survey <laughs> from a corporation? They're not the most glamorous things. Monster Hunter um, fans, man. <laughs> <laughs> and what was great afterwards is I think, you know, the, the team um, put together a little statement about obviously one of the most hot topics was cross-save slash cross-play. Um, yeah. And, you know, the team were like, you know, we've seen this. This is important. We acknowledge this. And... You know, I was still very relatively fresh at Capcom then. And I was so pleased. I was like, this is great. Like the, the team are being very, even when it's not news that people necessarily want to hear, the team were like, we're still, we need to tell them. Let's let's be open and honest. Let's tell them the situation there. Um, and I loved that, especially kind of, you know, my own journey coming from indie where you have to be very hands-on with everyone. You need to really grow and pull up your community knowing that in the AAA space where monster hunter is in this really amazing position community wise where the team don't take that for granted is incredible i loved it and i think yeah so that should hopefully show that that survey was really was really beneficial uh, both for the community and in regards to us getting a pulse check um there was i'm sure there was like one entry that was just essay after essay answer about gunlance and Needing it to be <laughs> Who could have done <laughs> such a thing? <laughs> I would, I would, never, 
I would never it's do that. It's fun as hell, but just give me some numbers, man. I, listen, I wouldn't do that, but I can assure you that Chaos Slayer definitely incentivized people to go in there and talk about that. <laughs> I mean, gun, gun Lancers, this is where you can come to provide feedback, I remember. Yeah, this is the Gun like feedback for it only, yeah. <laughs> It was funny because he's yeah, always talking see, about the gun lens too. <laughs> it, it's it's good to do like if people get this opportunity, like it's good that people take it. And you know, in regards to the, the giving back of feedback, it's good to be passionate um, to an extent, kind of thing. Like you know, as long as it's kept civil, it's it's great. And even when people are frustrated, you know, we get that because people care. If they didn't care, they wouldn't be frustrated. Um, yeah, hate and, is a form you know, of love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What um, anger is sorry. And you know, as well, and, you know, obviously we have all the internal stats. Everyone knows we know what weapon usage looks like and things like that. And then when you get that kind of um, qualitative data from the community in an official fashion, it's it's great. And that's the thing, you know, you say Reddit is great. Everywhere is great because we're always watching. We're always looking. And I don't mean that in a scary way. That, that sounded kind of, <laughs> I mean, that sounded kind of scary. It's like we're always watching you. Every if you badmouth sword and shield, I will know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy at least it's sword and shield. If you were a filthy longsword main, I'd be pretty upset. <laughs> so I run flinch free. I'm fine. Like, you know, they don't bother me. They just do their own thing. Like, <laughs> let them get on with it. I'm just happily doing my thing. <laughs> oh, man. So, Rui, did you have any questions you want to ask? Uh, no, well? I, know, I mean, I'm I hoping this is you... not the only time we have you on. I would love yeah, to, to talk, especially once sun breaks out and we're all hunting together and oh, going yeah. crazy be, that would be a fun time but it's like oh gosh yeah definitely right right now we're kind of in a little bit of a lull like there's a you know there's the posts of armors and stuff but i'll be real i actually avoid a lot of that stuff myself because mm-hmm. i actually a, a big like um a big funny point of interaction with my community during the monster Hunter world days actually not world iceborne was when whenever i would unlock like a new armor set I would mm-hmm. go on and then I would be like, okay, I'm going to rate this armor set in terms of like skills. How good do I think it is mm-hmm. based on the skills that it has? And then I'm going to look at it and I'm going to rate it based on how well it looks. And there were like, and, and, and I would also do the same for the weapons. And when I got to like the gun lands for Brocky Dios and Glavinus, I was like, who the hell did this? Why would you do this to my weapons? <laughs> Like these weapons looked so amazing in general. And then you give them like this slap on bone treatment. Like what the hell, dude? What is going on? But oh, well, um, thank you so much for, for taking time yeah. to, to just come on here and just talk. And I, I don't think that, um, I think it's just a good opportunity just to have a good conversation, meet, talk. I, I don't think a lot of people probably if they haven't checked you out, because you do manage uh, streams on the Monster Hunter Twitch channel, which is cool. Uh, unfortunately, I'm always one. either. Because you, you guys, you guys yeah. dual stream now, right? You took that idea yeah, yeah, from me. Stu- I know you did. Nice. I know you stole it. Just write that down. Yeah, we've, we've, we've expanded that a bit. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I say like I think a, a big philosophy of my personal community management and something Socks did as well is get hands-on with the community like play with the community chat to the community listen to the community and i think that's the best way of doing it i genuinely enjoy it like and i like playing monster hunter it's an excuse for me to play monster hunter during during my shift like of course (laughs) i get i get paid to play it's 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 hard that is the, that is the standard oh you work in the games industry you've just played games all day and i'm like well actually only only for two hours a day (laughs) okay 
guys, as per usual, there's going to be links. Uh, well, to John, I'm just going to put a link to the official Monster Hunter channel, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's cooler than I am. There's far cooler stuff on I'll, that one. I'll put, I'll, put your t- I'll put your personal Twitter on there as well. Um, and obviously the links to Gaijin stuff in the description as well. Thank you all very much for watching this episode of Third Fleet Podcast. If you guys enjoyed it, if you guys want to leave like questions for Jono, feel free to do that in the comment section. Uh, he might check it out or we might ask it to him later when um, Ooh, you know when there's more when there's more news for Sunbreak and stuff like that Ooh. but uh, yeah we're gonna be calling here we'll see you guys in the next one stay strong stay safe peace out